G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Tuesday does seem to roll around quickly, but it is our opportunity to check in with a bird's eye view in some sense with those breaking news stories as they're happening in Israel and the Middle East. Ron Ross has been scouring the headlines overnight back with us once again today. Ron, welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. And Ron, it's election day in Israel and final polls showing the Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, gaining support in a very tight race. What are the headlines reflecting here? Yeah, there'll be 6,578,084 Israelis eligible to vote in 13,685 polling stations across the country. Final polls aired by Channel 12 and Channel 13 on Friday, ahead of today's national election, showed Netanyahu on the cusp of clinching a ruling majority as the race draws to a close, although it's very tight. Channel 12 survey showed Netanyahu's Likud gaining momentum, with the party having gained three seats in the past week. And while a majority of respondents, 51%, do not want Netanyahu to continue as Prime Minister, he's far more popular than any other single candidate. Both polls showed Likud and its religious allies at 60 seats, one seat short of a bare minimum majority in the 120-member Knesset. The 24th Knesset will be sworn in on April 6, uh, but time will tell whether that happens on schedule or not. And Ron, a little personal note here, because typically in Israel, as I understand it, it usually comes down to the formation of a coalition, as you say, uh, those allied parties to the Likud party, uh, they are likely to uh, be forming coalition in order to form government if there is that closeness there at the end of the election? Well, it's essential, and one of the big issues is that the Arab party, Ra'am, suggesting they will go into a coalition with Netanyahu if necessary. And that's not going down well with some of the Likud supporters. Uh, But a coalition is necessary. It's been interesting to watch in the lead-up to today. All the parties are lined up against Netanyahu and publicly saying they will not enter a coalition with him. But as you know, politicians as well as I do, If it gets over the line and they have a chance to be in the government, someone will give in. And it's going to be watched. I love watching Israeli elections. It's uh, very difficult to call, and we're all experts after the event. Okay. Hey, let's draw some attention here. One of the most significant historic discoveries last century was the Dead Sea Scrolls in Qumran, Well, last week, there were more Dead Sea Scrolls discovered, and there are high hopes, Ron, that there'll be more to come. What are the stories here? Yeah, on a day that saw the Israel Antiquities Authority unveil the first Bible scroll fragments found in decades, and numerous other dazzling artefacts 
from the Cave of Horror above the Dead Sea, including a huge 10,500-year-old complete woven basket, the oldest in the world. Perhaps the most extraordinary news is that there are another 20 promising caves holding untold potential treasures that have yet to be excavated. Since 2017, the Israel Antiquities Authority has spearheaded an ambitious survey of about 500 caves in the Judean desert in an unprecedented, wide-ranging and physically daring operation involving rappelling down rock faces and setting up work camps on sheer cliffs. The fragments of the scroll revealed last week included passages written in Greek from the book of the Twelve Minor Prophets. One fragment from the book of Zechariah reads, These are the things you are to do. Speak truth to one another. Render true and perfect justice in your gates. What a message for this hour. It is a message for this hour and uh, always encouraging to hear of these sorts of discoveries. And for listeners, of course, uh, discovering ancient fragments or entire scrolls that affirm the biblical narrative as we have it today are very, very powerful. Ron, let's move on. Let's talk COVID. Israel is cancelling travel quotas and setting new coronavirus rules for international travel. What's happening there? Yeah, the government has approved new regulations on arrivals and departures from Ben-Gurion Airport. Entry quotas were abolished. There are no longer restrictions on the number of people allowed to enter the country. Flights will be determined on the basis of the airport's capacity to receive them while holding COVID-19 tests for incoming passengers and maintaining social distancing. Passengers will no longer be asked to check their temperature while entering the terminal and before boarding. Israelis departing the country will not have to submit a request to a special committee to be approved, and it will be possible for airlines to send cargo flights to Israel and use the plane as a passenger flight on its return. Israelis who travel abroad are still required to have a COVID-19 test done before they return and take another test when they land in Israel. Great development. Good development, and I guess they're no doubt hoping that there'll be reciprocal travel arrangements and some level of tourism will soon return to Israel. And there are all sorts of biblical sites uh, everywhere in Israel where you go, Ron, but now there are some new biblical sites ready for Christian visitors. Uh, What's the story here? Yeah, this amazes, it doesn't surprise me at all, but when my wife and I were living in Israel, we were amazed at the distances Jesus and his disciples walked. They did a lot of walking. Now pilgrims who want to walk in Jesus' footsteps can do so on a new trail called the Emus Trail, which could be the road that Cleopas and another disciple walked from Jerusalem to Emus after the death of Jesus. According to the Gospel of Luke, as they walked, they discussed the events that led to the crucifixion. At some point, Jesus, who had been resurrected, appeared to them, but they didn't recognize him. When they arrived at Emas, which is today part of Aelon Park, near Latrun, they invited Jesus to stay the night with them. It was only then, when they sat and ate together, they recognized him. This walk is now an 18-kilometer event, along the Emas Trail, 
that now goes from Saxon Visitor Centre in Arcosh. Part of the route is a 2,000-year-old Roman road that connected Jerusalem with Jaffa's seaport. Right now in Israel, there are no Christian pilgrims who in 2019 made up more than half the country's 4.55 million tourists. Uh, I think with these events being published and well-known, Christians will be returning to Israel, and I'm sure uh, your friends right there where you work will be among those quickly going back to Israel. Well, I know there is excitement around here for possibilities. And yes, of course, COVID restrictions are putting some level of doubt on some of those plans. But no doubt, as soon as there is opportunity, there'll be another tour to Israel. Because you'll know too personally, Ron, what significance it holds when you can actually walk the streets and see the sights and be in the places that you read about in the scriptures. Uh, something uh, very special happens to your faith. Well, it, uh, I did a communion service recently for Good Life uh, Community Church here in Budrum, and one of the things that I recall is uh, the Stations of the Cross in, uh, in Jerusalem. And it's amazing to me uh, that right in the middle of Jerusalem, in the city itself, there's evidence, there's a reminder of the love of God displayed through Jesus. And walking those sites and seeing those locations is a tremendous inspiration and a boost to your faith. Wonderful stuff. Hey, let's finish on a high note here, Ron. Israel is ranked the 12th happiest country in the world. Uh, What are the headlines saying in the Middle East? Yeah, they came out ahead of the US, Britain and Canada. The report's top 10 happiest countries are Finland, Denmark, Switzerland, Iceland, Netherlands, Norway, Sweden, Luxembourg, New Zealand, and Austria. The report's least happy countries are Rwanda, Zimbabwe, and Afghanistan. According to data from Israel's Central Bureau of Statistics, over 90% of Israel say they're happy or very happy with their lives. The World Happiness Report is a survey of 149 countries about the state of global happiness. This year's report, the ninth edition, was released over the weekend in Rome in advance of World Happiness Day. The happiness scale measures factors including gross domestic product per person, life expectancy, freedom of choice, generosity, perceptions of corruption and social support. Uh, wonderful to see Israel listed in the happy group because I know we were very happy when we lived there. Okay. From what I understand, Ron, Australia came in at number 11. So uh, just next to Israel on that list, and I know there's a few people here in Australia that are worried that Australia actually slipped out of the top 10 for the first time. Good to have an update like this, Ron. Thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and uh, those headlines with us this morning on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.